Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. And then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond. Because it's no holds barred. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best? No, Lord. I've got a fucking mouse in the wall. Oh, uh, I just went through that. And it's right behind my head where I sleep. It, is it coming out of the wall? Well, look, I live in, for those who don't know, I live in the country, right? So it's a country I ex- mouse. It, so I expect, like, a mouse every now and then. Correct. And I used to have cats, but then they all fucking died. Right. Right. And I didn't kill them. Whoever's listening, I didn't kill any cats. Um, but um, yeah, so now that the cat's gone, the mice are getting brazen, right? Yeah, getting ballsy. And so like a couple nights ago, this one was like, it was right in back of my head. Like like literally right behind where my pillow is, scratching all night. Mm-hmm. And I, I put a trap out. And I, I just, it wouldn't, like, it wouldn't stop. Every time I was just about to fall asleep, it wouldn't stop. So I had to wake up, go sleep on a couch, right? That's how bad it was. Next morning, the mouse was caught, right? It came out, I guess, or another right. mouse came out. And, like, I was so angry with this mouse that, like. You ate it. Like, well, I didn't eat it. It's gross. But I, I thought about it. I thought about freezing it to death outside. Mm. Like, because the problem is you can't let it go outside because, like, it'll just come back in the house somehow. Right. But I brought it outside in the trap and I, I was like, I'll leave the fucking trap here. Mm. But then I eventually felt bad. I didn't want to freeze. I, I, is freezing to death good? Uh, so you need the ones like, so I had the pest control company come because the mine were, yeah, I had the scratching. It was getting bad. There was one night I fell asleep on the couch down in the basement and it was like the fucking nutcracker suite down here. Like I woke up in the middle of the night <laughs> And it's all you could hear is all over the place. And yeah. I finally was like, all right, I got to see what kind of, what shit's going on. So I moved the couch and it was just like mouse shit everywhere. And yeah. then I checked in my closet and there was more there. You're so finding I had stuff they're hiding too. Yeah. Or like there was like a cardboard box that they had ripped apart and like all this stuff. So, um, they ate like six year figure now. So I went in oh there. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah. So I cleaned it all up. I had the pest control come. And they put those baits where they basically eat the stuff and then they go die somewhere. Yeah, but then you got all the dead bodies in the house. No, I don't know where the dead. No, they don't go in the house. They leave. That, that, they go off and die. But outside, how, Wait, wait. How do you know they die outside the house? I don't know. I don't. But they don't die in the house. Unless, I mean, they may be dead in the walls, but whatever. Who cares? You want dead bodies in your walls? No, better than having them alive shit all over my fucking floor. I, don't, I feel with alive, you can still get them out. Then they clean come up back. the shit. Yeah, but now they're decomposing in your wall. No, I don't think so. I think they leave. No, they do say, <laughs> but look, these are the professionals. They do say that they will like go off like out of here once they get food. And then they don't necessarily live in the wall. You know what I mean? Like they'll come back looking for stuff that they leave and they, they go off and die. I fucking hate them. They're in the wall now again. Yeah, you need, ha- you need something more severe. Well, hold on. I got, you know, the traps that are electric that are supposed mm-hmm. to zap them fucking thing survived it once yeah 
Like it went in and out. I heard it go. They're resilient. Yeah, I know. I know. What is this? And I think sometimes Bible. I have chi- I have chipmunks in the wall sometimes too. Mm. Maybe a squirrel. Because sometimes it's it sounds so big that I'm like that can't be a mouse. Like that's got to be like a. Well, see, that's mouse. what I thought too, but they were. It was the mice. Maybe like it sounds like a coyote is in my. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. It's Pepino, the Italian mouse. <laughs> Pepino Juazio. You need to do something uh, more drastic for sure. Like you gotta. There's probably a whole family. Have you checked around to see where they're coming in? No, but should I get a gun? I don't think. I mean, you could try. I'm assuming you're not as good enough marksman to hit the mouse. Why would you think that? Because <sighs> I met you. <laughs> yeah, I probably got to figure out where they're coming in, and like, I I don't want to torture them, but I do want to torture them. So what they also did was we put a bait out in the woods behind my house. Okay. To try and like draw them there. So mm-hmm. maybe if you put like some traps with food or something like outside maybe they'll sniff that out and go there see i had cats forever because an ex-girlfriend this is how long i've had cats for um an ex-girlfriend who i was dating stopped dating like 15 years ago we got it we had four cats together that's a lot of pussy that's a lot of fucking pussy right and they were the fucking nicest ones um but um so you know we had these cats and like i was allergic and the allergy went away and then i went to the doctor and i was like hey my allergies went away and the doctor looked at me like i was insane and said, like, no, 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 you're just really injured. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? He's like, no, no, it's bad. So, you know, I, I'm actually going to see an allergist soon, and I'm going to find out what kind – if I can get another cat to come in here and clear this problem out, I'm all right. I'm all in. Yeah, you'll do it. You'll deal with the congestion. No, I won't deal – I won't do that. I, I don't want to die from these mice. Right. Anyway, if they just showed the proper respect, I'd be fine. Why can't we live together? Why do you have to shit on my floor? Like, you can live in the wall – just yep. don't scratch and shit in there. Scratch during the day. Right. When I'm not asleep and feeling vulnerable. No, they come out. They're nocturnal. They come out at night. I know. And it's like, then I'm like, oh, fuck. Every time I step out, because at first I didn't know it was in the wall. I just heard the scratching. I'm like, God, is it under the bed? Is right. it in the closet? Like. <sighs> and all the cartoon mice are these friendly, happy things. Oh, hi, everybody. Like, no, thank <laughs> you. If that fucker was in your house, you'd squeeze its head right off. Yeah. I'm tell you, I'm, I, I think you have like five all in this family in your wall. I know. They're very resilient. You saw that mouse made it all the way to America. They're supposed to go west, not north. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not northeast. Well, maybe they uh, you know, want the free health care. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Oh, that I waited a year and a half to see an allergist. <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's let's not let's not laud that and hold that over anybody. <laughs> Uh, you think the government makes them test a few times if they cross over and come back? I, well, they're not wearing masks. It's mice. <laughs> you should report that, and I bet the government will come right to your house and take them out. But, like, these mice are in my house, and they're not wearing masks. We're not supposed to have this many people. Dude, I can't go into a Walmart without showing a vaccine passport. Okay? Don't worry. The government will come over to my house. But these mice can, can take over. At Walmart, they have booths for the unvaccinated to stand in. Mm. And and an employee will take them to the pharmacy. Naturally. Yeah. So the government's probably coming to the house anyway. They actually announced that. It's funny you brought that up. They announced they're going to start going door to door. Well, tell me you have a real unvaccinated mouse problem. Yes. And they're not wearing masks. They're not. They're not social distancing. It's right behind my head. This, they're congregating. There's way too many in there. Yeah. It's an unlawful gathering. And they're not respecting the curfew. That is fucking for sure. Fucking five. 
All right. So what we're doing here is a continuation of our greatest duty wrestler ever reboot. <laughs> we're doing greatest mice of all time. <laughs> There's none. This is a placement nation stretch project. It's a five-year look back from the original list we built back in 2017. Aaron, you and I took an initial stab at uh, redoing our lists. We're going through them month by month, 10 at a time, knowing that we're going to spend the year maybe tweaking. And this isn't our actual final permutation. This is just kind of where we, you know, looked at it and, and gave it some stabs. And knowing at the end of the year, we're going to kind of go through again and say, okay, here's here's our actual final submission. So tonight we're going to do number 90 to 81. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Uh, would you like to go first with your number 90? Sure. And I believe we talked about my 90 before. For me, 90, my 90 is kind of the last – I've talked about this as we were doing through the project. Mm -hmm. But I feel like 90 to 100 for me are all guys that have to make the list. And so like if I'm – but it's almost like I, I think there are guys off the list that are better than them, but they right. have to make the list based on a bunch of different factors. So if I'm cutting, I'm cutting as of 89 kind of thing, which right. I know seems insane. But like you heard the guys I talked about in the 90s were like Goldust, Booker T, you know, like guys that should be on the list, but I can't justify putting them anywhere of importance, right? And that's I feel 90 is kind of my place too uh, for Mr. Goldberg. Hmm. You had him a bit higher, right? Uh, yes, I had a uh, Billy Boy at ninety-eight. Yeah, like he and, and like I just think he's more exciting than any of the guys I have on the list so mm -hmm. far. I think his highs are a bit higher too than those guys because all those guys, their highs are not anything crazy or substantial. Right. Um, he's just a guy I feel deserves to be on the list. He's interesting enough. He's done enough runs. Mm -hmm. He's still a big star, even though like he kind of sucks now. Um, so I wanted to give him a bit of love. Um, I didn't have him on my list in 2017. So he's right. a non-ranked non that jumped up there. But I think he's the last and probably the best of guys that have to be on the list, but there are better guys sitting on the sideline. Right, right. Yep. I mean, I think I, I gave my Goldberg thoughts last last time. So Exactly. I agree. All right, my number 90, I think we already talked about him for you too, John Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah, I have him at uh, 91, so... Yeah, I think we got into him, but just, I mean, really quick, I think he's a guy who actually I've watched more, have become even more appreciative of, uh, going watching some of his 99 stuff, even with the Acolytes. Like, he just works really well in that team format. Uh, I, I know Chad and I had a little, you know, like form as Justin Ock Bradshaw, even 96 when he'd pop up. I've always been a fan of the JBL character, especially in the early days. Again, I've always just stood by saying, I think they just rushed that win. I I, yeah. I mean, I think it's a world we could say, like, well, maybe if he didn't win it that quick, he wouldn't have been as established, but... He wouldn't have won it. Right. The well, maybe was, later. Ah, may, maybe. But the wind was so pushing towards Cena and then Batista. Right. Like, I... He, he almost was necessary to kind of bridge that gap. Well, I'm just saying, even if you want to, like, more like SummerSlam, you know what I mean? Like, let oh, him I see. work up a little bit be established and establish himself as a threat instead of just switching all of a sudden from tag wrestler Bradshaw, who, I mean, was doing dick all in 03 and 04 with the APA to all of a sudden having a brand new look gimmick and being world champion contender. Like it was just a lot over three weeks span. And as a result, he then had to spend months like winning people over and showing he was worthy of that spot as champion, which is a tough spot to be in. By the time he did it, he lost. Do you think he makes your list without the I quit match with Cena? Yeah, I liked the gimmick enough. Um, okay. And I do like, I think like APA 
is overlooked for like how over they were in a big part of like 2000 during their peak. Like they were one of the most overacts on that show. And they also um, transcended a bit. Like they made evented a bunch like on TV and stuff. Like they would always have matches like them and rock versus whoever. And like, you know, random stuff like that, where they were looked at as like that level of a team. Um, And also like, you know, he had other little good spurts too. It it thinks he got hurt in O2. I'm curious how, much he could have done as like when it was like good, like the plan was gonna be him Kane and Austin as like the top faces. Like I'm right. curious how that would have went. But it would have failed. But interesting that um <laughs> I do like that you bring up the APA because it's a good argument. Uh, now it's interesting that neither one of us and unless he's a surprise later on, neither one of us considered Farouk. I think he just doesn't have like the APA is like enough. The APA with the other stuff gets him on. APA alone to me isn't like enough. And Farouk has nothing. So, well, I mean, I, well, he's got the nation, I the guess. Nation. But. I, I would say the nation. Yeah, nation Farouk is, I, I would say, is as good a character as JBL. Yeah. I, but he doesn't have any match quality. There's none. Okay. But that nation was such a big angle for like like a whole year. And, it, and I, you could argue that the nation built um built the rock right? right and it probably doesn't work as well without farouk there i i don't know if he makes my list i don't think he does but it's just interesting that as you're talking through the apa and how over they were that we we didn't even give this guy any thought yeah i don't know why i never crossed my mind i just i think i think the lack of matches I guess, but JBL, I think, JBL only has the I Quit match. I feel like he's got other decent stuff. I like the Eddie matches. I don't like them at all. Yeah, no, you're not as high on those, but yeah. I like all three of them. Um, I just think he's got, yeah, I don't know. But Farouk, so, I don't Some of that nation, nation stuff is, like, actively bad, though. Like, that freaking three-way at Ground Zero, all the yeah. tags with Savi. Like, but I, I mean, feel like it's, like, really, like, the stuff with DOA, like, it's... JBL's got like five years of bad though. Does he? Yeah, there's a lot of shit. His second feud with uh, Cena is garbage. Well, that was bad, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, there's there's a lot of those things. I mean, maybe maybe he's got maybe he's got more good. I would say they have as much bad. Maybe JBL has a little bit more good. He has the great match, but then I think the characters. I guess it, your your mileage may vary on both. Right. Like I was, I would rather watch Nation of Domination stuff than JBL stuff. I think. Yeah. But, but I, I, I just was... I really liked JBL at the time. Um and even after, like I, I like like even when he gets kind of coming down, like yeah, I thought his one match he has with Batista is decent. Was it Somerset's the second one? Um and then I like his feud with Benoit in 06. I thought it was pretty good. That drove Benoit to murder. <laughs> yeah, that's what did it. Um I like his match with I actually like JBL's match with Punk. Yeah, that's that's good too match but that's um, that might be more punk i mean punk we'll get to him but like there are a few guys as consistent as him so i don't know i just remember a lot of nations like farouk stuff boring the shit out of me and like like i early very early farouk is really good where he's kind of channeling like angry ecw ron simmons and all that yeah like late 96 into early 97 but once like that like god that match undertaker king of the ring that's terrible Right, like, but I mean, the street fight is great at R- WrestleMania. Like, yeah, he's one sixth of it. I mean, no, I know. I, I, I'm not saying he makes the list. 
but I, like I, I'll just say one more time. I just think it was really interesting that both of us were like, not he's not even in the top 130. Right, right. And that might well, be. I oversight. mean, look, I think our honorable mentions are whatever. Like, I, I didn't put a shitload of thought into those, you know. No. Um, so I, I, there's a world we could say, oh yeah, he might be 112. I, I don't know. I'd have to like look sure. at it. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. But yeah. I, I just don't think I haven't said the 100 because of how, how much I didn't enjoy the majority of his work pre acolytes. Like I, I did on the mic and as a character, but in ring, he was someone that I always just found boring. And the no, no, please no shit. Like I, you know, it's a joke, like on PTV and stuff, but like, yeah, I really hated that spot. It's like one of my least favorite spots in wrestling history. It was so stupid. He did it like every match. What would you rather hate him say no, no, every match or uh, Jillian Hall get a mole eaten off her face every match? The mole. Oh God. <laughs> it's just, why do you keep doing it? It never works. Why do you stand over the guy's head and yell at the crowd when every time the guy stands up and picks you up on his shoulders and you say, no, please no. Like into into a devastating move. Yeah, it's like why every time he does it. Like I hate. I don't have many pet peeves in wrestling, but like one of mine is guys that repeat. I get having your own spots, but like repeating stupid things. Like Razor always going for the razor's edge with his back against the, like with the guys against the ropes. Like like when when you work those tropes into matches where they backfire constantly, I hate. Yeah. And that was always like one of the worst, like, cause there's no reason to do what he did in every match and he did it anyway. I get, I could get the reason edge because he's like, okay, he's just trying to finish the match, right? This is his finisher and maybe he can turn him, whatever. But like Farouk literally gains nothing by doing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, the rabbit hole of things that are annoying in wrestling could. All right. Who's easily... your 89? 89 is a guy. Okay. So he's, he might be going. So like. So we talked about how I didn't include Pat Patterson. I don't know if I should include him or not. But if I include Pat Patterson, this is who's going. Right. And it's Umaga. Hmm. Because he's got that match with Cena, which should make him on the list. But, like, he's – I mean, he's got a, a few other cool things too. But ultimately, he's a character that was there for, like, two years. Maybe felt underused. I don't know. To me, didn't make enough of a dent. He's not a guy that needs to be on the list the way like a Kane needs to be on the list, even though I think Umaga's run is better than Kane's. You know what I mean? Right. So I think like once you get past that Cena match, there's a ton of like good stuff. I like Jeff Hardy matches. I like the Jeff Hardy matches. I like the punk matches. Uh, I even don't mind the Batista match, even though it was a bit disappointing. But it just doesn't feel like there's enough meat on the bone for him to hang on. So it'll be between it'll be between him and my 88. Who's going to get bumped off, I think. So I, Umago was in my honorable mentions. Um, you know, on PTB, we're going through 07. And I've actually, like, he's had some really fun stuff. Like, I, I'm with you, whereas I assumed, like, after the Cena stuff, it was kind of it. But he um, obviously had the match at Mania, which, yes, while maybe it was a little uh, not up to standard, it's still, like, a huge draw match. I know it's not... Necessarily him, it's Trump, but he's a big part of it. But then even his stuff is Vince's heavy, like is pretty fun. He's got a match to we destroy Santino to win the belt back. Um, just some really fun stuff after that too, like with Jeff Hardy and shit like that. Like uh, the match with Triple H and a Mercy, I enjoy. So like, there's just a lot of fun stuff in '07 with him. He just feels lost to history. Yeah, I think it's because he never had that comeback because he passed away. Yeah. Like, I think if he has the comeback that everyone's had, he probably bumps back up, you know? Right. 
But like I remember MVP more fondly than him. Right. Which well, feels MVP kind of he was around a lot longer. I guess. But did a lot shittier things. Yeah, but he he did a lot of good stuff too. I like MVP. I think he's good. And he's another guy we probably should have talked about at some point. But Yeah. Like at least in terms of like a discussion. But Right. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe he won't. Maybe I'll take number eighty eight instead, but he's on the bubble for me right now. Yeah, I'd say he might be someone that sneaks back in based on watching this. I'll be curious because we're going to move through 07 into 08, obviously, on PTV as the year goes on. So um, I'll be curious how he holds up until he's gone. But so far, like, he still has, like, these banger stuff where he just, like, beats the shit out of guys, slams them around, and batters them. And, like, that's his offense. Like, it hasn't dropped off at all. It just feels meaningless, though. Because I remember that, too, but he's, like, for three months, he's involved in the Lashley stuff, and he's pretty good as, as Vince's guy in that. And then he's like into an IC title stuff that he's fighting Triple H for the world title. Like he's not really as aimless as it seems. Do you think the Trump McMahon stuff, do you think it looks smaller time because it's Lashley and Umaga? I thought that at the time that it, well, not as much Lashley because they were starting to rocket ship him a bit. Right. And he's got the look. He's believable. I think having the Samoan guy with the tattoo on his face and barefoot, like, like I think that was kind of goofy to have like that, it, it, that guy in this high profile match. Um, I, I think, I don't know who they could use. Like ideally like a guy like JBL actually would have been a fit, but he was hmm. you know, retired at that point. Uh, I'd have to look and at Mago them. Mago. Like who was it? Wasn't it supposed to be Sean and someone at first? Oh, apparently that went through like a bunch of iterations, right? Right. Yeah. Was it supposed to be Sean Umaga at first? Or was it I Sean remember somebody it was Umaga. else? It was definitely Sean, but then they needed him for the world title match. I think right. Ray was supposed to be involved at one point too, but then he was hurt. Why on earth would Trump pick Ray? <laughs> yeah, not a fan. I'm going to pick the smallest person in the company. All right, my 89, I don't remember if we talked about him yet, but it's Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, we did. He was my 95. Okay, yeah, I think we got pretty in, in deep with him. Uh, you know, it's a guy who I wish had a... I wish he gave more serious stuff to, like, really... Like, like they didn't give him a real serious dig-into feud until it was way late with, like, Miz. Well, I mean, his the Bret Hart feud was dig-into. Yeah, but that's, a, like, a 20-year gap, you know? Yeah. Like, I would have liked something else in between... From Brett in 93. Because even the 95 Brett feud is kind of goofy. You didn't he's like Mark? Yeah, he's just like, like a... Huh? You didn't like Mark Henry? 96? Uh, it wasn't really a feud. It was like a moment. <laughs> but after the Brett 93, once he leaves... It, it, the, the turning point is when he leaves and comes back. When he comes back in 94, he's just like into being like more of a comedy guy. The only time he was ever really like a serious competitor was 93. Um, when he first came in, in that rumble through when he leaves. And like after that, he comes back, he's more like a sideshow guy. Yeah. He's feuding with the clowns. Then he's got Isaac Yankum. Ugh. You know, then he's got Warrior with the hat. Like, like he's, you know, <laughs> Piper. Like, and even that's like a goofy feud. I actually don't mind that Warrior match. Yeah, it's all right. But it's I mean, he's just got not much. So, yeah. I mean, it's not as good as Warrior killing Triple H. Right. That might be my favorite match of all time, but yeah, no, I wish he had more. I mean, even didn't he have a run in the 97 King of the Ring? 
Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, he, he wins like the qualifier. I don't know. I don't remember who he even beats, but then he loses to Mankind in the opener. But again, like he may have little spurts, but like, I mean, like a classic Memphis style, like he's the red hot baby face in an embroiled feud. Like we just never got that on the stage, which could have been cool. Should they have extended the Miz feud? It would have been better than Cole. And it would have been better than Cena Miz. You know, <laughs> that like WrestleMania. him and him and. Yeah, Lawler Miz was really good. Like that, that should have been more. Is there a world in which that happens at WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, you would need Miz. For, I mean, for the world title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Miz is gonna retain anyway, it, this all comes down to just doing Cena Rock at twenty-seven. Yeah. If they just do Cena Rock at twenty-seven, it opens up like all these other possibilities. Yeah. Or I guess you do Cena Taker. Instead of Taker take. was always my choice there, yeah, but yeah. So you could have seen a Taker, Lawler, Miz, so the title could have been cool because Lawler had never had a Mania match, right? That's his first one. Yeah, yeah. So Lawler gets a world title shot in his first Mania match. Yeah, fucking have him win. <laughs> it's the yeah. Miz. <laughs> right. Nobody beats him. Okay, who's your uh, eighty-eight? It's the Miz. <laughs> okay. So a drop of thirty-three spots on my list. So in 2017, I had him at 53. So he had just had that great inter- – so he did he even make your list? I had him at 78, and he's an honorable mention now. Yeah, so I think I was totally swayed mm-hmm. by that intercontinental run in 2016. Yes. Which I thought was really strong. I thought he was turning around. And then ever since – I mean, look, Miz, I don't think Miz has a great career. I think he's had a really good – he's had a good career for for who he is and what his abilities are. But I think since that 2016 run, there's been so much fucking garbage. Yeah, since since Mania 33. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been nonstop garbage. So, you know, maybe he's the one that goes off the list. But he just feels like such an important cog in that wheel for 15 years. Like I, that's the difference between him and Umaga. Right. Like it's like the Miz is a character that's on TV for that long. He's almost like a Kane. It, Kane might be a better comparison, actually, mm-hmm. because he does have the occasional great match, but it's never him. I think he's a, 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 I think he can be a good promo, but he just is like he's like everything. If you could encapsulate almost all my problems with the WWE, he is a pretty good representation of them. Like there's a phoniness to him. Like there's the phony, serious acting he does when he does promos. Not that he can't have good promos. There are some that are good, but like ah, there's the softness to his work. There's the nothing ever matters that happens to him. He's always just in the same spot, regardless if he loses a thousand matches in a row. Like, is there a guy who's had a, a better career with less wrestling ability? I mean, in a way, he's kind of like from that old that mentality of like a Nash level, like, right? Like mm. he works safe, he works within his means, he doesn't really hurt anyone, he doesn't get hurt, but it also comes like kind of a milk toasty abil- level of ability. But he yeah. also is like a good looking dude. He seems like he's actually kind of a cool dude too. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, he does all the PR. Like he's like the ideal employee for a company that they have right now and he doesn't take himself too seriously either um 
Yeah, it's tough because. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not the best worker. I'm trying to struggle even what his best match is. I don't know. It, it's probably the four way for the Intercontinental title. Right. With Cesaro, Zayn and Kevin Owens. I mean, like, come on. I could have a fo- that match. <laughs> Maybe not. But you know what I mean? And the like, Cena and the Cena stuff is great. Like that whole feud is awesome. Well, the feud, then wait, that the, you're talking about the WrestleMania 33 one. Up, yeah, the build to that. Yep. Because every other Cena feud is fucking terrible. Well, yes, yes. But that one's great. Yes. And then even the, um, you know, the stuff with Brian, like we're on talking smack and everything where Brian's a GM still like, that's all really good. Like he yeah, was I, just, he was on fire for that year or so. I think that gets, I think that gets better remembered if when they finally have a match, right. it, it delivers, which it didn't. No. Which is a shame. When I say like, is he, is there ever been a worse guy to have that much a career? I actually think he's okay in the ring. I don't think he's bad. Right. But it's just to be in that position for so long. Yeah. Like there, who has been in a position like him for that long? It, it, the list is short. It's Orton. Right. It's Triple H. It's, uh, you know, I mean, uh, he's he's more consistently pushed than Kofi Kingston, who would probably right. be his closest comparable. And Kofi's way better than him. Yeah. So I just think he's got a lot of weird company level intangibles. Yes, I would agree with that. I'm curious as to why still like he's I, is he, I guess they have the Miz and Mrs. show now. Yeah, that does well, I think. But I mean, he also again, I think if you're looking for what they want, like they don't care if a guy can put on a five star match. Right. No. Like they want someone who can talk, someone who can carry the company line. But then in the ring, someone that's safe, easy to work with, can go out. He doesn't care. He's like not political like he doesn't give a shit if he wins or loses probably like yeah you know he, he can go out and have a 10 minute match on a house show and be fine he can get good heat like i think that's all they want so he just fits that mold and th- i think there's room for a guy like him on there on the in the roster absolutely right and it's on fine my... they can heat him up every now and then for something big like this edge stuff and then heat him back down and you know he still looks like he's 25 <laughs> like he's i know kind of a freak um and his wife is insanely hot so well that's it do you think vince like just respects him for bagging her yeah i just i just think there's a lot i think he's also a guy that really he's like a poor man's zdp right like when he started he was terrible but he really worked hard and really tried to improve and he could have coasted and he didn't and like he really put a lot of time and effort into the craft and making himself be viable enough to have a run like this. And the original Miz and Morrison stuff is really good, too. Yeah, the second Miz and Morrison stuff Not is fucking garbage. And that's just the story with him, right? It's like, okay, there's good stuff. Like, so he he's an interesting case. He, he's like, you know, it's funny. You called him a poor, who, who's a poor, a poor man's DDP? He's almost like a poor man's undertaker in a lot of ways. In that he has, he has the all-time bad stuff. Mm-hmm. That the Undertaker has, but he doesn't have any of the all-time great stuff. Right. Like it's it's like he's he's around forever. He's in some of the worst shit you've ever seen, but mm-hmm. he just doesn't have that other stuff to pull him up. Right. Yeah, which is why I always find dropping off the list. But I think he's worth at least noting because he's been such a big part for almost twenty years. I know it's crazy. Of TV, I mean, he was a late oh four, right? <laughs> when he debuted, so. Hoorah! <sighs> But again, he stuck at it. I mean, he could have just rode the wave for a few years and and then hit the club scene, right? <laughs> Former real world star and done all the challenges like all these other people and done that shit. But 
is he a guy who's going to become a commentator? No, I don't know. Uh, maybe an agent that does like PR or just like a maybe just like a PR guy kind of thing. Like, just, right? I don't know. I could see him just leaving. <laughs> Fucking off. I mean, he's made his money. Yeah, like he's got a hot wife. He's got kids. Just loaded. Like, just go enjoy yourself. You know, I don't. I don't. But he also is a guy where I could see wrestle for like another ten years because he just he's only legit had like what one or two injuries I think in all this time. Yeah. Okay, what was that? 88. All right, Mighty is, uh, I think we talked about him, because I think he was off your list now, is Booker T, right? No, he's at 92. Okay, okay. But we did talk about him quite a bit, so. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think he's a guy that's worth having the list. The King gimmick. I, JBL is, like, not the worst comp for him, right? Because, <laughs> like, right. he kind of lived off a gimmick that was ripe with not great matches. Um his best stuff is probably his earliest stuff post WCW. The Rock which, probably. Yeah, the Rock feud is really good. Uh, but again, he can pop up here and there. Like I, I don't know how much differently we look at him if he wins at Mania 19. Uh, but he was obviously good in the lead up to that on his end of the bargain. And then from there, it just kind of comes and goes. Like I thought his feud with Cena in 04 is disappointing. Mm-hmm. They did the best of five. But oh, I don't yeah. mind them when they, they kind of run him back as part of the Benoit stuff in like 06, um, 05, 06, where he's like feuding with Benoit, doing the best stuff series, and, you know, with Chavo and all that stuff. Like, he's pretty fun in that. And, you know, he's been good enough in his little bounce, you know, when you bounce in every now and then for different things. So I, just I think, think he's his, worth the spot. But Yeah, I think his best work is elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I think late era WCW is his best. Yeah, I would agree. Agree. Okay, eighty-seven. Samoa Joe. Yeah, I had him just off. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. It's it's like you know, Umaga is almost an interesting comparable to him. Right. But Joe just for me feels more important, and I, I can't articulate necessarily why. I think he really helped carry the NXT brand when it was uh, like when it was starting to really get hot. Yep. Like, it wasn't quite there yet, but I think he's a really pivotal person for that. And then he comes to the main roster, and he actually does quite well. Like, he's one of the better mm-hmm. – I, I think he's one of the better NXT call-ups. And I don't consider – I know this might sound weird, but I don't consider the Shield guys or Big E NXT call-ups. Right. Like, I mean, yes, they were in it, but they came before it was anything, right? But, like, Joe kind of came in. He's got that really interesting feud with Lesnar. He's got – um I like the match with Lesnar, although it's a bit short. He's got that four-way at, at mm-hmm. SummerSlam. Um, he could do the face. He could do the heel. He's got those intangibles. A great promo whenever he's needed to. Uh, he could solidify the mid-card if they needed him to. So, like, it's a, it's kind of a shame. He's, he's one of those guys. It's a shame he only ended up in WWE in 2015. Right. Or 2006. No, 15. He was there in 15. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was. they wanted him to do a MAGA, right, originally? Yeah. I think it's probably good he didn't do that and he got to keep his pride. But um, yeah, I just think there's enough good in the bank. And his NXT run is like really kind of good when you look at match to match. He was a strong champion, only champion three times. He was the last. Was he the last champion too before they switched over to 2.0? Uh, I don't remember. Oh. It was Ciampa. Yeah, Ciampa just beat him, I think, and then they switched. Right. 
all those reasons, I think he deserved a spot on the list. He's one who was off the list forever. But then as I started comparing him to other guys, I'm like, no, I think he's like, I have no problem putting him ahead of the Miz kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think uh, I had him originally like at 100 or 99 in this iteration and just kind of got bumped off. But I have no qualms with including him given the level of work. I just, again, I'm not as in tune, in tune with NXT. Right. And so the NXT, you get those week-to-week matches too. Right. That are, you know, almost all at least very good. It was just a special time, and he was an important part of it. Mm-hmm. All right, my 87, I don't know, feels low, but I had him at 80 last time, and that's Seth Rollins. <laughs> Is he much higher on yours? Yeah. Kind of begrudgingly, but uh, yeah. So yeah. why, why is he so low for you? I don't know. I think, well, at the time we did this in 17, he had been out, right? And he just came back, had that stinker with Triple H. I don't remember the rest of his 17. And mm. I guess since then, I don't know. Like, I get, he, to me, he's just like the perfect example of this era where yeah, he has a bunch of great matches but like none of them stick out to me and his character's fine usually, but like doesn't envelop me, but he does have the shield stuff. What is his character? What is he? And don't say architect. Now he's like, um, he's supposed to be like an annoying, like uh Kardashian type thing. Right. Or like, he's a, a, but he's cult a face leader. Now, right. I don't know. Well, you're asking was, the wrong guy. But he was a cult leader. That, they did the whole thing with the church, and didn't he have right. Buddy Murphy with him? Yeah, yeah. So they did that, and then that moved to him just dressing up. Like, was he just a dress-up guy? I don't know. He's supposed to be like a YouTube influencer. <laughs> like, I don't know what he is, but um, yeah, it's just he probably should be higher. And maybe when I redo this, I'll probably move him up a little bit. But because he does have the volume of great stuff, like all the Shield matches, the Cena matches. Uh, I really like the Sting match, the match at Mania 34, which you could argue is maybe the best of the night, that opener three-way. Oh, it's that's very good. The moment, he's got a lot of moments, obviously, ending the Shield, the cash-in at 31, beating Brock at 35. Like, you know, he's got loads of those, too. So, yeah, I mean, this is probably low. He yeah. should probably move up. Look, I have dr- Ambrose a decent amount higher. Like, why? I don't know. Yeah, see, I struggle with that, too. And we'll talk right. about when we get to him for me. I have them uh, when we get to them. I have them right next to each other. Right. And uh, and like but I have Rollins ahead of Ambrose. Yeah, I feel like I should probably move him up. So we don't have to talk terribly much about him, but I feel like I'm definitely low. But what you said about him being the exact encapsulation of this era is very true. Right. It's like he's a guy. It's, it's he's he's what the WWE has become. Mm-hmm. best athletes they've ever had right not best wrestlers best athletes they've ever had but incapable of telling long-term compelling stories with compelling mm-hmm. character he's never been a compelling character i don't think no maybe right after he broke up the shield but it's about it but even then he wasn't good in that role like he was annoying like right. not- and everyone thought it should have been ambrose yeah, and it probably should have. Like, 
all things considered. So it's it's he's really a hard one to place. But you're right that the volume of work is really crazy. Right. And he's just been such an important part of the show. He's got the Ambrose match too. That's really good. The the uh, lumberjack. Lumberjack. Yeah. Well, they got a ladder match that's like 40 minutes long. That's very. You never want to watch it again, but it's great. Right. Like it. Yeah. You know, but then there's the flip side, right? It's like if you if you are not into the current WWE product, then there's a good chance it might be in part because of him. Right. Because he's so exposed on it. Right. So like how many people has he driven away? Like, did he did? I mean, it, it, the booking never does him any favors either. Like he gets kind of unfairly blamed for that fiend hell in the cell. Right. Right. But that was fucking that was garbage. Right. Right. And then that eye for an eye match is some of the worst stuff I've ever seen. So he's really hard to place, but I think his volume pushes him up a bit. If it happened in the Thunderdome, I don't recognize it as happening. So. <laughs> All right, who's your 86? My 86 is Jimmy Uso. Um, I wanted the Usos represented on this list. Um, mm-hmm. Jay goes a bit higher uh, because, uh, well, we'll talk about it when we get to him, I guess. Uh, but I think the Usos. I have Jimmy at 83, just so. Oh, okay. So we're close. So we're yeah. going to. Yeah. Um, you have Jay higher? Yes. Substantially? No. Yeah. Yes. It's similar with me. Right. Are we talking about Jay tonight for you? No. Okay. Yeah. Same. So, um, but. I don't know, man. The Usos, mm-hmm. I mean, as it goes on, I don't know how they're not. Like, if we did another GWWE tag team. They're going to be prob- number one, right? They're probably take. Well, maybe not. Yeah, they're probably taking number one. I mean, they, they're so good that they put on, like, three and a half star four matches, and it's like, I'm still tired of them because they've just right. been around so long. Right. But they're they're still amazing. Like, I think the problem is is they have no teams to work with them anymore that aren't the New Day. Right. And I don't think that's their fault, but their catalog is so huge. I think Jimmy Uso is an interesting cog in the Roman Reigns story. Not as interesting as Jay, which is why his position's here. But um, I think this list can't exist without the Usos on it. At this point, no. I mean, even if you think they're not number one, they're at least a top three team at worst. Um, Yeah. So they have to be included. And... Yeah, I mean, a ton, ton of volume. And it's crazy you're sitting here saying, like, oh, they don't have other teams. When you look at the roster, it's like all these guys that could have put together and just thrown up there. Alistair Black, Argano, Chomp. But, like, oh, I mean, just, you know, DIY, like DIY, uh, um, Revival. Like, all these teams could have had extended really good feuds with them that could have yeah. been great. They just never, like, leverage guys in that way. No, well, they're just not interested in tag team wrestling on yeah. the I – think, I think they end up – I think just no matter what Vince is, Vince loves the Samoan dynasty, mm-hmm. right? So he, they're always going to get TV time. Right. But I think if they were any other team or any other family, they would not be a team anymore. They'd be long gone. Probably. No matter how good they are. Well, luckily they're here. Yeah. All right. Speaking of families, my number 86 is Cowboy Bob Orton. Is he on yours at all? Does not make my list. All right. He dropped a decent amount for me i had him at 59 last time so he dropped almost 30 spots uh i just think he's a really important piece of a very red hot era and like we talk about kind of the workhorse guys like of this era and even guys like a tito or we just talk about miz but like orton to me was kind of like that in the mid to late 80s right like just the guy that could go out there 
I felt like he was even ahead of his time. Like I thought he was a really good worker stuck in an era where they didn't have a ton of guys to work against in that right. company. But, you know, he's an important piece of the Piper story too. Right. And Piper is like a top, whatever, 15 guy for us, top 20 guy. And yeah. without Orton, I don't know. It doesn't work as well. Like he's such a big part of that as Piper's buddy. And he's so high profile stands out like is all the mania one bill he's got some fun moments got a fun match with hogan on science man event like he's got the cast gimmick which is like legendary that everyone still refers to so i think he's like a worthy piece and he's such a good worker such a clean worker awesome superplex um i think the only thing he's lacking is like big time matches um i think he's got some probably but it's not as in tune with them but i i think he's like worthy enough to at least make the back end I think I need to become more familiar with the MSGs and the early Saturday Night's main event. Right. And I feel if I did that, he might have a chance of making the list. He's just so good. He's just like, he's just that guy that's super reliable. Like when he comes out, like, you know, he's going to at least have like a good match. Like he never is going to have a stinker because he's so, I I think if he's around like in the early nineties and he's younger, like he's out there having really good matches with like Dustin Rhodes and stunning Steve and like all, you know I mean? Like he was at that level. He just didn't have a ton of guys with him in the WWF that could really hang. If you right. threw in there like a Tito or something, like, yeah, all of a sudden it popped. Mm. Yeah, I got to check him out more. Maybe he makes the list as the year goes on. Yeah, I was trying to look quick. Um, it's the May 85 Hogan. There's a really good MSG, Andre and Orndorff against Piper and Orton. I went three and a half. Okay. And then, uh, let's see what else. God, he's just stuck with so many slugs, though. Haynes, Morales. You know what I mean? Like, like he doesn't get, like, a ton of big shots. Right. Um, yeah, him and Morocco have a pretty good match in September 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the MSGs, is nothing that, like, super pops out. Because, again, he's JYD. I mean, he's just, like, FC Jones. <laughs> like, he's, like, he doesn't get a lot of guys to work with. Uh, well, he's like Piper's gatekeeper, right? Yeah. He's got the mm-hmm. boxing match with T, which is fun on the Saturday Night event. Right. I mean, even Billy Jack, he pulls out a couple of decent matches. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in my research pile because I didn't research him a lot. Oh, I did. I tried. But, you know, you only have so much time, right? So I, I, there's something there. I should probably check him out. It's probably a bit of a reputation thing, but. What do you mean? Like he has a good reputation? Yes. 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 Like because of that, like to me and the little I've seen, like it's just, yeah, it just don't have a ton of his big stuff on tape easily. That's all. Right. All right. Who's your 85? 85 is from the era we're just talking about. And that's, he didn't make my list last time. And that's Don Morocco. Okay. He is uh, coming up for me next time next time okay well we're gonna save it then for for next time then but i just think he's a really fun i i, I think the character's a bit ahead of its time like that lazy beach mm-hmm. character it's really interesting really important to the intercontinental scene early on and helping establish that as an important oh, yeah. championship um just a really good like top level heel during that period you know had a little feud with hogan too and oh I, yeah if you're looking for msg stuff that's like those matches are super fun they're just like wild sprints I think it's like there's like two or I think there's three of them in mid 85 that I definitely recommend. Yeah, I'm going to check him out. He's got the stuff with Snuka, too, which uh, is legendary. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big sucker for his uh, 87 like return. Mm. Like, There's not enough there, but like 
ah, like in a different era, like Don the Rock Morocco probably has a bit more of a run in him. I think he looks like an underrated stud at WrestleMania four. Oh yeah, he's he's good. Yeah, that match with DiBiase is fun. That might be Ted DiBiase's best pay per view match. <laughs> I mean, top five, faint, probably faint praise, but yeah, no, he's good there. And, and I mean, even the match with Bravo is not bad. Yeah, it's not good either, but no, he definitely is worthy, um, a hundred percent. So like I, as I said, I have him higher, but we'll talk about him when we get to you. Yeah. All right, my eighty-five is another guy from sticking in this era. And it's funny because I do rag on him quite a bit for his later years, but his other stuff's excellent. Uh, he was 62 for me last time. So, again, this is like some of these guys are just falling due to the addition of like the NXT and, and others that have popped up. But that's uh, Ken Patera. So, oh, yeah, you know, uh, really fun is IC title is the heel. It's got the stuff with Backland uh, involved with the Andre cutting of the hair. Yeah, he's goofy when he comes back. But you know what? Even in that run, like he's got a couple of sneaky little fun matches, if I recall correctly, even in MSG, where I'm like, he's really not that bad. It's just that stupid hair and, the legs. and those legs. <laughs> like, if he didn't have that, like, uh, you know, maybe there's something there. You know, I, I'm willing to give him another chance. I was recently rewatching the 87 Survivor Series, and, like, I was ready to shit all over him. And as I was watching the match, I'm like, yeah, he's, he's not bad. He's pretty energetic. Uh, you know, he's jumping in and out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I've been too hard on it. He doesn't make my list, but maybe like I, again, my next my next probably project in terms of watching once I get through 2021 WWF yeah. WWE pay-per-views, which might take another six months, even though I'm at the last show. Um, it, I think it's gonna go to be to go back and watch those MSGs and watch the early Saturday Night's main events. Yeah, I would um you know, I can give you my list too as a guide. So maybe if you don't want to watch like in full the MSGs, you can pick sure. and choose the best stuff. But the big ones. Um, yeah, I think they're worthwhile. The seismic events are sure. There's so much fun stuff on those. But uh, even the MSGs, there's so many little hidden stuff because, you know, for you that just did a project where you're just focusing on pay-per-views. In those early years, you're missing so much. Oh yes, of course. So it feels like oh, there's no blow off to this. Oh, there's no match with this. And then like then you go watch them, and there's like a three month series. But I would recommend not just doing msg and it's one thing i wish maybe scott and i had done but like the garden boston garden philly like there's stuff that happened in those locations that didn't even make it to msg and it felt like it should have right like bruno has that little run in like 86 or whatever and it's like only in boston like it fights piper in the cage it's like why did they do the msg you know and that's with a few things there's a few things like that so it's worth like maybe looking at like multiple different locations yeah and not just taking msg you could probably build like a decent little list yeah i'm gonna do it who is your uh 19 uh no we're, we're back to me now 84 yeah, right you're 84 yeah uh so 84 i have a friend who's moving to his neck of the woods in cobb county georgia mm. and uh, he's looking at buying a house and okay. uh that is the big boss man at 84, dropping 20 spots on my list. Uh, yeah, I have him at 79, so close. Uh, you know, he'll pop up next time on my list officially, but close enough. We could probably talk about him a bit. Uh, last time he he dropped for me too. I had him at 57 last time. Yeah, like he's so. There are guys. There are guys like so. There are guys like Seth Rollins that f- dropped. I think almost exclusively because of new guys coming in. Right. Boss man drop because of new guys coming in, but also due to reevaluation. 
see, uh, I don't know. I, I think he's really good. I, to me, it's more new guys coming on. Um, and I guess the back end of that last run, but man, he is still hot. Like he does go off a cliff in 2000. Like he rides that wave in 99. Yes. Some, there's some shit in there. Like the kennel from hell, but it's also a lot of memorable stuff. Like, Oh yeah. Pepper, all that stuff is memorable. The big show stuff is memorable. It's really not until early 2000 where it goes off the rails for him a bit. And all through 2000, Bull Buchanan and all that stuff. And then by the end of the year, he's just kind of whatever. But I think um, his, I think of his run in like 98 to 2000, if he was a bit – I mean, it's not his fault. He's getting older. But if he had some of that fire he had in ring, I think we're maybe looking at a completely different thing here. I think it's just the character wasn't drawn to be that way. Right, but he could still be an ass kicker. There's no reason why he couldn't like – Still kick yeah. the shit out, you know. Like, there's no reason he had to wrestle that slowly, other than uh, maybe he's getting older, right? Right. I'm sure he was starting to break down a bit. I mean, he worked a pretty big bumping style for a big guy for a while. I mean, even back to his Bubba days, and even as a jobber, Ray Trailer, like in '85, '86, or whatever, <laughs> he's taking yeah. like big bumps. That's what we got noticed. So, I would guess his body was probably starting to give out. But his '89 stuff with Hogan holds up well. Like that, I can tell you, he's got some big pay-per-view matches. I think it hurts a bit that he's aimless other than nails toward the end, like really post DiBiase feud. I actually post oh, perfect. Heenan. Yeah, yeah post, Heenan. post Heenan and perfect. He really doesn't do much. They try the IRS feud that doesn't really go anywhere. The nails thing, he's out for most of it. <laughs> so then he comes back and they don't, you know, he's just kind of ambling until they fight and then he's gone. So I think they really wasted his back end as a face when he was super over. Do you think, I mean, he's hurt with Rude leaving, right? I don't know, because the perfect stuff ends up being hot, too, so. Right, but he probably beats Rude, right? Like, I know it seems silly, but, like. you think he just fights him at Mania? Do you think that's where they had, or do you think he was always going to get to perfect? Uh, well, I think he was going to go to Rude. I mean, the whole feud started because of Rude, right? Right, but so you don't think he ever even goes to the IC tell he just deals with Rude? At Mania, I think he goes to Rude. Maybe he goes later to the IC title. Right. Yeah, that, that'd be my thought on it. But yeah, I, I, he's a guy I really like. I mean, when we're in the top 100, it, yeah, it's all guys I like. It's just somebody's got to be higher, right? Yeah, I mean, we're still saying he's a top 85 worker in company history, which yeah. there's been a ton of freaking guys. So it's, yeah, it's still well regarded. Um, I, I just think that, yeah, those last couple of years definitely ding a bit. And, um, again, I think he was just wasted toward the end. So he really, his prime run is really late 88 until 91. And, and then again, when he comes back for that blip with the corp corporation, but I, you could argue like outside of the mega power storyline, that corporation run is like, he's the biggest that's his second biggest deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I could say that. I could see that. I will talk but, about him next time. More in depth. I mean, I think it's a good spot for him. I, I think that's fine. I don't think yeah, we're be, we're close. We're close on him anyway. Yeah. So I don't think he needs to be terribly higher. Um, the, I think the Hogan matches are his best in-ring stuff, for sure. Yeah. The Mega Powers and the Hogan solo. Because he's yeah. got some good Hogan solo matches, even on the house shows, outside of the Saturday Night's Main Event cage. Yeah, I would agree with that. Which is great. 
Okay, uh, 84. So I don't think I had this guy on last time. But I added him now, and that is Shinsuke Nakamura. Whoa! So I have him way higher. I figured. He may be another guy that moves up if I get to, into more NXT stuff. Um, I know he's got the match you love with Zane, And, uh, yeah, I just, his main roster stuff is, like, good. Not great, right? I mean, the Rumble's awesome. I wish the AJ feud was better. But it's, but it, it's not I know, that it's, it's very good. It's yeah. still very good, and there's a couple of great matches. I, it's insane, right, that it's, like, it's right. disappointing. But, yes. Yeah, I just think his... He's the guy that was hurt by expectations. Yeah, I guess. But his uh, longevity is still cooking. I mean, he's he's IC champ. He's still a big part of the show. So, what? He's going on five years of his run now. Six. Right. Yeah. You know, that's like he's a sneaky one, right? right? And he's he ends up becoming like I think we talked about this a little bit with. Did we talk about Dolph? Not yet, eh? Or maybe we did with you. Yeah, I had him off the list. That was the big debate we had. Yeah, so he's another one that, like, so I probably had him around here, but then I started thinking, like, wait a minute. Like, I keep bringing these guys and comparing them to Tito Santana. Right. Who's substantially higher on my list. And maybe mm-hmm. Tito's just too high, right? But I'm like, when I compare a guy like Nakamura to Tito Santana, Nakamura feels much better. Yeah. And it's not it's not a knock on Santana. I think Santana's great, but like Santana does not have the cachet of great matches that Nakamura has. Santana was not as important to the show overall for as long a period as Nakamura's been. Mm. Like I don't know. Tito's a pretty important cog from like eighty four to eighty nine. Yeah. I mean well, yeah, maybe eighty eight. I mean he's he becomes a jobber to the stars, right? I would say when Strike Force breaks up effectively ends his run. Yeah, but I mean, like, then you're canceling most of 88 because he's not really doing much. So, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, we'll talk about Nakamura more, I guess. But he's a surprising one on the list for me that I'm like, wait, he could go up. Because last time, he made the list for me solely on the same match almost. Right. And the potential. Like, oh, he's going to be great, hopefully. Like, he hadn't won the Rumble yet. Yeah, I just think this NXT blind spot hurts. I'm hoping to rectify that a bit. Um. It, it's already shining through, right? Like I had O'Reilly, like all these guys off the list. I have a mar- like I have like eight people I want to move up already. <laughs> so like, I don't know who's gonna drop. But the the problem is, is there's just so much to watch, right? For NXT because it's not like it's just the takeovers, right? Yeah, it's all the TV. Like I mean, Nakamura has a fantastic match against Finn Balor just on TV. He's got an awesome match against TJ Perkins. Like he, he, there's a lot to pile up for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you add all his NXT takeovers, which are all at least g- very good to great. So he's a tough one, yeah. Okay, who's your 83? My 83 is Big E. All right. I had him uh, a decent amount higher. Okay, well, I'll just quickly say he moves up six spots for me. Um, I think his title reign is probably a bit of a failure. Which is probably yeah. why he can't get much higher for me. Um, uh, he's there for the new day. I don't think he has the great singles matches mm. to to kind of justify going much higher. And I when I when I put him on this list, he was in the midst of his title reign. 
That's right. when I kind of put this. So I was like kind of banking it on potential. So he might be one that drops a bit as we go forward. I think no matter what he'll make it, because I think the New Day has to be on it and represented. But he might dip a little bit, I think. Yeah, I mean, as of now, he rose significantly for me. I had him at 90 last time. And he's decently higher. But yeah, I mean, he might be one of the guys that moved down for the ones other guys are going to move up. So it's going to take some evaluating with you. I think I assumed that his ton of rain would roll on at least till mania and, you know, whatever, not just be like a transitional pop, get the pop kind of champion. But I, I do look at him as like, well, we talked about Xavier Woods being kind of the glue of the new day mm-hmm. and Kofi's kind of like, I think may, may look at him as like the worker. I always looked at Big E as like the star, like yeah. the loudest, the most upfront, um, the guy that always felt like he had the most potential to carry the company um, that is never really getting behind him to do so. To this I think point. I think they just waited too long. Right. Like, I mean, it, like when they finally gave him the titles 2021 and that's nine years into his run. Right. Yeah. You could argue he was ready years ago. I mean, the 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 story was always that like Vince was pushing for Big E and someone else is pushing for Roman Reigns or or right. reverse. You know what I mean? Right. To be that next guy. And I think it's I mean, who knows where they're going to go now? But what it looks like now is they've just shunted him back to the tag division. So it's like just like Kofi. Right. Like, oh, he's back to being the new day. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe post mania. They'll get back at it. Maybe. All right. My 83 was Jimmy Uso, who we already talked about. So who's nice. your 82? 82 is the Honky Tonk Man. All right. Where is he for you? Uh, we already had, I had him at 91. Okay. So, uh, greatest, greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Um, I just think that run is so incredible. Like, mm-hmm. the heat that he was able to draw, probably a better worker than people give credit for. Uh, he has a huge drop-off, but I, just such an important character to the show. And I think a really important cog in my fandom. You know, he was the first Intercontinental Champion mm-hmm. when I first started watching. I love the Savage Feud. Um, and I, just, I I think the Warrior destroying him is one of the most perfectly booked caps to this kind of long-term title reign they've ever done. So, Yeah, I think I think he's one of the guys that gets hurt for me by not having been a fan when he was, like, doing his thing. All right. So I didn't really get to, like, live through the week-to-week Oh, when's this guy going to lose type of thing, right? 18 months of he never wins. Not only right. was he going to lose, he never wins. Yeah, so I never got to experience that, like, in real time. Like, oh, this guy's so annoying. I can't wait to lose this. So to me, like, the warrior moment's great. I get it. But, like, I didn't live it, so it's different. You know what right. I mean? Makes sense. But, I mean, I still had him on the list. I still respect him. And like I talked about, I think, on our last episode, like, his Steamboat feud is really good, too. Mm. Um, he has really good match with Steamboat at MSG and then really goes with Savage, but he just goes off the cliff in 88. It's, it's like as soon as the calendar turns, he's off the cliff for some reason. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I feel like he's like surprisingly pitting up like three and a half star matches and then January comes and it's like his peaks at like two stars. <laughs> That's I'm <it>. done. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, I don't think he's alone in this. I think there's other guys like this too, that just decided like, I'm just going to work my spots and work safe and be done. Like, like I just do these spots. I have enough heat to just get over enough with this shit. Yeah. All right. My 82, uh, is another decent size drop. It looks like, hang on. Um, yeah, he was at 66 last time. He's at 82. Now that's the big show. 
Oh, okay. Um, I've got him substantially higher. Okay, I just, you know, we talked about Miz and Kane and Undertaker. Like, I just think he's lumped in with them. Like, right, he's a guy that's got some really good moments and some really fun matches, but he's also just got a bunch of crap. Like, and and that crap comes all through his career. It's not like he has hot stretches. It's like the Kane stuff in '99, all the changes. And then he's got cool moments, or, you know, wins a title or whatever. But even like rewatching Lado 2 or like reliving it through Ruthless Aggressive podcast with Jake Williams every other Tuesday, mm-hmm. he like he's like the worst part of all that stuff. You know what I mean? In there, um, it's almost like he's just a warm body that's being used for this angle. But that said, like I like his 03 with Brock. Like there's some fun matches he has with him there. And then, um, you know, he'd have more fun matches later with Brock. And he's just a guy to me that you never knew what you were going to get. Like, he may have a hot streak and a hot moment and a hot match, or he may have a complete stinker and bore the shit out of you. Yeah, he's a weird one. Like, it's exactly that. And it's exactly that forever. Yes. Like, I, I really like the Triple H shoot in uh, late 05. Yep. It's really, I think that's really interesting. I really like, I mean, the Floyd Mayweather stuff is great. Mm-hmm. You know? I really like uh, him and Sheamus in 2012, that he's the one who ends Sheamus's title reign. Yeah. I love his character during that period, too, where he's like, don't don't mess with me, Sheamus, because I haven't been champion for a while, but I can hurt you. Like, I, I really like that. I like this stuff with Mark Henry in 2011. Some of it. Some of it. Because yeah. we just relived that with Marcus on uh, War Wrestling Above Replacement every other Friday. <laughs> I don't know if that connection. And it starts good, and then, like, it's diminishing returns after that. Like, That's it gets, true. like, kind of worse as it goes. And then, like, I can't really forgive him for the Brian stuff either. Like, kind of usurping the yes. And you could tell they were really trying to angle to move the heat to him off of Brian. I know. And it backfired. And it's like, then he's got some good stuff with Undertaker, but he's also got some real dog shit with Undertaker. Same with Kane. Like, they come and go to it constantly. He's also a big part of, obviously, you know, that awful 15 Rumble during that stretch where he's the corporate heavy, he's got crying big shows. So. Yeah, I know. But like, this is, again, I, I like him, but there's just also so much crap because he's another guy with a ton of volume, almost 20 years worth of volume that he was on. where just like, would have these boring stretches. Yeah. Maybe he gets, maybe he moves down a little bit on my list, but I don't know so much. We'll see. But he's, he's a big enough part of the company and had a big enough moments that like, I guess he's going to be on, right? Because but he's a better Kane, though. Right. Like, he's a better version of yeah. Kane. He well, does for me, it. I had Kane at yeah. 100, and I got Big Show at 82. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Who's your 81? 81 is someone I didn't have on the list last time. I thought I would never put on the list. And then I started really thinking about it. And uh, that's Trish Stratus. Hmm. So um, I always thought that Trish and, – and I do still think this to a degree, that, like, I think she really worked hard to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, I st- – there's still – there was still something really off with her work for me. Right. Like, there was still something that didn't quite fit. I didn't think she was very good. But then as I was looking back at the pay-per-views, I thought that she was always the better part of her matches in the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I thought she ended up having, like, a legitimately great match with Mickey James. Yes. At WrestleMania 22. Um, and I do think that she is extremely influential for the current women's run we have now. So I think that, like, without her, we probably don't have what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quite like her every time she's returned. I thought she's she's gotten better, even. So I wanted to give her some love. And then I kept kind of bumping her up in terms of influence and work. And 
So I think I landed here. I don't think she'll go any higher. Maybe she'd drop if I push someone up a little bit. But uh, 81 for Trish for me is a big step. Um, so I'm happy to have her on the list. Yeah, so I had her. We already talked about her. Um, for me, I had her 92. I think what you're talking about was always missing from the work is that nothing ever felt natural. Yeah. It looked like she was always thinking. She's playing a wrestler. Yeah, I think of... she gets it at the very end, but then she retires. Like, like she's yeah. like 06, 05, 06 is like her best stuff. It's really post heel turn where she finds her swagger. Um, and then, yeah, the Mickey stuff is really good, but then she's gone by the end of the year. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. She definitely deserves to spawn the list. She's definitely one of the trailblazers, put a ton of effort into improve. But for a while, it definitely feels like she's never confident in herself. And she's always thinking out there instead of doing. And then it clicks when she turns heel and she seems more, she's much more smooth. Like she starts carrying people. Like she yeah, kind of carries Christy to a decent match at 21, you know, like stuff like that. Like she's able to start doing that type of stuff. And she does the work in like three minute matches too. Right. When, yeah. She's never given a ton of time. Like how can she improve? Like, so, you know, the fact that she did improve with that little work is, is impressive in its own right. And the Victoria stuff too, obviously is really good. Uh, and then, but then she comes back and has what I think is a legitimate four-star match against Charlotte. Yep. And that's not just Charlotte; like she's carrying her in. So she gets the snooky stuff too, which is a good moment. Yep. 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 All right. Last uh, person of the night we're going to talk about was my number eighty-one. He was seventy-two last time, and that is the mighty earthquake. The earthquake. He's not on my list. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, he hate the natural disasters, but I think the Hogan run. In moment is like so big and he's really good in those matches. They have some really fun stuff. Um, he's got some decent stuff with Doug into on the house shows and he's just a big enough name and personality. Like, I guess he's kind of like my honky for you. Like I started watching mm. right when his big heel run was going. So like, there's a bunch of nostalgia pull to it too. I think he's just a really good big man worker. He was never the problem to me with the natural disasters uh, <laughs> at all. Right. Like I think he's obviously the better part of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could see a world where maybe he bumps down a bit because some of these guys are going to get on. And the more, like, you watch other disasters, the more of a disaster it is. But The angrier you get. <laughs> yeah, but he also has that great um, great uh, moment with Yoko in 93 we talked about now entering the Rumble. Yeah. Like, he's really fun there. He's really fun in the 91 Rumble. He's actually really good in all the Rumbles. He's, he's good at 90 as well. Um, but the Hogan yeah. stuff, to me, just stands out so much. And I, lo- I really love the SummerSlam match. With uh, at SummerSlam '90, like that, him and Hogan are really fun in that. Yeah, I think I think the timing of our fandom plays a big role in this one. Right. And I do, and I don't say this to slag on Earthquake because I actually think the Hogan matches. I, I like it. I like the feud. It's everything. But like once you've once you've sat through Hogan Bundy, Hogan Andre, right. Hogan One Man Gang, Hogan Big John Stud, um, Hogan Boss Man, Hogan Akeem. It just feels like another cog, uh, more of the same. And not that it wasn't good, but it's just, okay, I've seen this act before. And I have se- I think the Andre's better. I think Bundy might be a bit better. So I, I think that's where I'm at with him. Like, it's not really a disrespect to him because I like him. I think it's a timing thing. Right. Yeah, for me, I didn't live through all those, right? So, like, that was my big first introduction was this guy. <sighs> Who can move? So, yeah, I mean, I had a SummerSlam match at three and a half. He has another three-star match with Hogan and MSG in, in uh, November. 
He's got a really fun tag, him and Bravo against Hogan and Tugboat. I went three stars on in December. Uh, him and Bravo fight the Heart Foundation in March of 91. It's a really fun match. I went three stars on that. And, like, he's a big part of those. He's got a three-star match with Jake the Snake at MSG in July of 91. Is that and, like, before or after he killed his snake? It's after. Um, okay. And he's got some fun matches with Boss Man, too, in 91, 92. So, like, he does a bunch before the natural disaster stuff even kicks off. Right. And again, like he's to me never really the problem in that team. Um, the con- so, yeah, the con- I think it's a, I think it's a timing thing for sure. It's the concept of the team for me that's the problem, and they have no one to work with. Like I and I don't fault him necessarily for that, but that's the death of the tag division for me. So right. Uh, you want to tell us really quick what's going on in the world of North South? Yeah, look, new stuff dropping every day, uh, you know, from a bunch of different people, all worthy of your time. Everybody who does a podcast at North South Connection, the time and energy they put into the cast um, are, are, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's second to none because that sounds false. But I never get a sense that anybody's half-assing. I enjoy every single show I listen to. We bring you shows right after the major pay-per-views. We bring you stuff every day, a variety of topics, a variety of voices, and almost all evergreen material. So if you're a lapsed fan, you can jump onto almost any show and and find something you're going to like. And there's a couple things for new fans, too. But um, I'm really proud of the work we've done. I'm proud of the community we've created. And uh, we're going to keep it going throughout 2022. We sure are. We're going to keep this project going throughout 2022 as well. So we'll be back in a month with our uh, next outing on here to go through our next set of guys. And we'll continue to rock and roll through that. We'll be back in two weeks, continuing on our uh, greatest of title match ever ranking project as well. So be sure to stick with that. And then every other Monday, of course, continue to find us with uh, now entering the Royal Rumble. We're breaking down every single entrance and every single showing from every Rumble participant. So, yeah. Only another, <laughs> only another 340 to go. That's it. All right. Dookie's been dropped. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Take care. Bye, Jackass. Well, I stopped into every place in town. The city life has really gotten me down. I got the honky-tonk blues. Hey, the honky-tonk blues. Hey, Lord, I got them. I'm gonna tuck my worries underneath my arm And scat right back to my pappy's farm And leave his honky-tonk blues Hey, the honky-tonk blues Oh, Lord, I got them I got the honky-tonk blues